What is up, everybody, and welcome to the Joe Kilgallen Podcast, a.k.a. Kilgallen's Pub. I hope you guys are having yourselves a wonderful week. It is Friday, October 13th. Been a while. It has been a while since we chatted. That's right. I hope you listened to the previous episode of the Joe Kilgallen Podcast, a.k.a. Kilgallen's Pub. I had comedian Jamie Schreiner on the podcast. She just released an awesome album. I hope you've checked that out. Go back, listen to that episode. And like every episode of this podcast, I like to start off with a little bit of gratitude. I'd like to thank you, the listener, the viewer, anyone who subscribes to my YouTube channel, subscribes to this podcast, uh, follows me on Instagram, TikTok, whatever. I thank you. You are an amazing person. You're awesome. Uh, special thanks goes out to the Patreon subscribers. Um, bonus episode of the Patreon will be coming your way either later today or tomorrow. That is uh, a guarantee. So why? So Joe, you might be thinking to yourself, Joe, what the hell? Why has it been there? Why has there been a big gap between episodes? Well, I was in a beautiful country called Scotland. I went to Scotland. <laughs> so I got a, this lingering cough thing. That's not, I'm not, I got no COVID, no sickness, no runny nose, no fever, no anything. Just a, a cough that pops up every now and then. Anyway, so um, shout out to uh, Shirley and Tom, uh, Shirley Brown hyphen Bershu, Tom Bershu, uh, wonderful human beings. They were celebrating their 20th wedding anniversary. And in Scotland, they got married 20 years ago in Scotland. My time, time flies by so quickly, doesn't it? And uh, I got to be like the surprise guest comedian. Uh, they hit me up saying I'm one of their favorite comedians. And I was very flattered by that alone. And uh, I, I got to go out there and, and perform. Uh, I was a surprise. I was, they didn't want to tell any of their other friends, guests. You know, they had a lot of friends who were at their wedding 20 years ago. Come on out for the celebration. And it was funny because people were like, oh, how do you know them? How do you know that? I had to lie to all these people. And then I went up there and told jokes in which uh, I did some further lying because a lot of jokes are lying. You know, there's truth, but then you exaggerate the comedic effect. So I'm just a big liar in all these people's eyes, I think. I sounded like uh, Christopher Walken there for a second. A big liar. Nah, nah. I did it once, couldn't do it twice. His impression is uh, overdone anyway. A lot of people do a Christopher Walken. Uh, I like Christopher Walken. You see him in a movie, you're like, all right, here we know what we're going to get what you're getting out of old chris walking but i will tell everyone all about how much fun i had in scotland and it really was one of the best trips of my life um on the patreon that's what the patreon bonus episode will be some really fun uh scottish details uh the people of scotland are amazing um the pubs of scotland are amazing the architecture the history i mean there's just a lot to like a lot to like and i can't wait to get back there again but i'll tell you all about that you know subscribe to the patreon as little as three bucks a, a month uh there's different tiers gives you uh access to different things so check that out patreon.com slash joe kill i think i got a little banner here i could throw up that way there we go right there at the bottom if you're watching this on youtube just follow those directions all right um so my dog just poked her head in my office does anyone else have that with their dogs do you have a dog that uh when you go into another room and shut the door your dog goes up to the door and kind of nudges it open with her nose like i'll be comfortably trying to drop a deuce and my dog just pokes her head at me like, you in here? What are you, what are you in here? You shitting? I, I understand that. I too have to shit. Just making sure you're still in the house. Okay, sometimes you shut the door. And I don't know if there's some sort of hidden doorway. You go into another dimension. Is, is there a portal in here? That's what my dog, she gives me these looks. Like every time I leave the room, something bad's going to happen. And she has to make sure I'm doing okay in there. Maybe maybe she'll save me one day. Maybe one day I'll go in there. I have to drop... I have to drop anchor, you know, I have to take a shit. So I'm taking my pants off real fast and I slip 
like on a, on a dirty sock that someone left behind and I hit my head off the sink and I pass out pants around the ankles, right? Maybe turns are starting to come out. I'm in an embarrassing situation. My dog nudges the door open, sees me and goes, oh my God, my owner's down. My dad's down. I got to help him out. Right? So then she like with her paw pushes the couple turns that fell out. She hides them. Right. And then she like, you know, brings my, my pants up with her, you know, she like gnaws uh, at the belt and pulls them up a little bit. Then with her dog paw, she grabs my phone, which is already on the ground because my phone was already out. You're taking a shit. You're taking that phone. The phone's in your hand, ready to rock, right? Nobody reads books on the toilet anymore. We're fucking around on our phones. So she sees the phone and she knows my, my passcode. So with her nose, though, she hits that. And then she calls 911. Emergency vehicles show up. I'm not embarrassed now, right? They, they, they're the 911 people. These medics get in there so quickly. They think the turds are hers that she let out a couple nervous turds while she saw her owner in distress. And so nobody's the wiser. And then later she gives me a look like, you're welcome. And I go, that's right. And then we do the dog pound. I give her a pound and she gives me a pound. And then there's just love there. It's just love between man and beast, between man and, and man's best friend, which is a dog. Oh, I'm getting emotional thinking about how much I love my dog. <coughs> All right. So I was watching, you know what show I started getting into? Peaky Blinders. I know I'm way behind on this show, but Peaky Blinders is awesome. I just started season three, so I rocked through two seasons pretty quickly this past week. Liking it. Liking it a lot. I'll tell you what, that Killian Murphy, he makes smoking look cool. You know how we always used to tell kids smoking isn't cool? It is. Smoking isn't cool is one of the biggest lies we ever tried to throw toward the public. We've all heard it. Growing up, we've heard people say, smoking isn't cool. People think smoking's cool, but it's not cool. No, smoking is cool, especially the way Killian Murphy and, and Peaky Blinders smokes a cigarette. He always has a cup to certain ways. Of, you know, he lights it cool. He's like just breathing out that fire. It looks awesome, okay? Now, here's what we should be telling kids if we want to be honest with them. So when a kid says smoking's cool, we go, you know what? It is cool. It looks pretty, and some people... People who know how to make it look cool, make it look cool. Killian Murphy's a bad example, though. I think that guy can make anything look cool, right? That guy can make playing solitaire look cool. I don't know. Solitaire is kind of cool, actually, though. It shows someone who's at peace and doesn't need anyone else for entertainment. I kind of respect the people who play solitaire and do it well, besides the point. But here's what we'll tell the kids. We go, look, yes, yes, smoking on occasion, often, most of the time. Looks badass. I get it, man. I get it. Sometimes you just want to fucking blaze one up right? Had a rough day. It's a little drizzly outside. You stand in a doorway and fucking light one up. Yeah, dude, you look like a boss, man. You look like someone no one wants to fuck with. I get it. But here's what smoking is bad. Here, here's why it's bad. It's expensive and it'll kill you, right? It's bad for your voice. Makes your fingers smell, right? You know, you know who doesn't want to hook up with a guy who smokes? Most attractive women nowadays don't like smokers. They don't. They don't have them stinky fingers getting inside them. All right, try fingering a girl. So you just had a fucking menthol, right? That's a scumbag move right there. You want to be that guy? That's this is what we should tell the youth of America, you know, being honest with them. Yes, smoking's cool, but you shouldn't do it because it's bad for your lungs. It'll hurt your dating game, right? Because you, you're stinky, you got stinky clothes on, stinky fingers, not getting any third base action with that. And it's expensive. Smoking is so expensive, all right? It's taxed to the fucking ceiling. There's just no reason for it. So no smoking, all right? But it does look pretty badass. Take take photographs of yourself smoking because that looks cool. But don't actually do it. Don't inhale. It's good for your lungs that way. All right. So, but it's a good show. <coughs> <coughs> this is not a smoker's cough. 
It's a good show. It really is. Um, by the way, this went away for like two, a week and a half, and then it came back after I got off the plane. This is what happened. I landed at O'Hare, flying Aer Lingus, great airline, Irish airline. Um, we flew it out there on the way back. We went from Chicago direct to Dublin, Dublin to Edinburgh, and then Edinburgh back to Dublin, Dublin to Chicago. So, uh, and then when I got off the, when we went outside to wait for a ride, uh, like haze of cigarette smoke. And then immediately I started choking on Chicago air. And I realized, oh, okay, well, I didn't cough in Scotland really because it's wonderful Scottish air. Like there must be less pollution. All the cars there are tiny. I got to save this. I'm talking about the Scotland trip on the Patreon. Okay. I figured because I'm doing, um, I'm recapping like my past week for the Patreon episode, I'll do some of the stuff I do for Patreon on the regular episode. And here's something I do often on the regular episode I, or on the Patreon, I should say, excuse me. I was going to say the last thing about Peaky Blinders is that it's a good amount of violence, which makes it fun. The stakes are high, right? A lot of shady dealings going on and there's different parts of history weaved into it, right? It's like post-World War One England, you know what I mean? There's still like, uh, there's they got the IRA in the background there because, you know, the English uh, and the Irish, obviously there was stuff going on there. And then um, the threat of communism spreading, you know, a lot, a lot of fun stuff. So I highly recommend Peaky Blinders, everybody. Good, great acting, phenomenal acting. All right, as I was saying, on the Patreon, I'll often do episodes where I found different websites where you could ask yourself questions. So I'll ask myself questions and I'll answer them. And they're usually pretty fun questions. Some of them are kind of like whatever. And other ones are like, all right, cool. I could get some detailed stuff. And it gives the listener a better chance to get to know me. I usually just do this for the Patreon. Now I'm going to bring it for a regular episode because the Patreon is going to seem more like a regular episode because I'll recap it. I'll be recapping my trip to Scotland. All right, so here we go. This is from the website. It's over 400 questions listed here to ask. Uh, it's parade.com. I've heard of them. They're like more like a magazine, I guess, but everything's online now, so I suppose they're an online magazine. All right, here we go. Would you rather have intelligence over looks? Would you rather have intelligence over looks? You know, at my age, age be my, my late 30s, I am going to go with looks. Yes, I would rather have looks over intelligence. If you would have asked me this at a different point in my life, I probably would have said intelligence. Because uh, here's what, because as you get older, you learn, you, you get educated naturally just through experience, and you learn that looks are more important than intelligence. Should it be? Should it be? Often people say no. I hear people say no all the time. They go, looks should not be more important than intelligence. Why do they say that? They say that because people can't control how they look. Well, as you get older and wiser, you also discover that people cannot control how smart they are. You might think they can, but usually, usually they cannot. That's not true, Joe. People could read more books. They could study harder and still might not end up much further than they already are. You can't, you get by with what you get by with, right? So I don't think one's more important than the other. I think they're just different tools. You know, if you have extreme intelligence and extreme looks, then you're great. You're in the catbird seat. You're doing fine. But if you only have one or the other, then you have to use that in order to make your, your lot in life, make your way through this crazy journey we call life, right? So I don't begrudge anyone who uses their looks to get by because to me, it's no different than using your brain to get by. You use what you have. So when people say stuff like, uh, oh, they just use their looks. It's like, okay, well, you just use your brain. Well, that's different. It's not different, actually. 
Okay, you have to have been born with some baseline of intelligence. Now, there are people who could waste their intelligence. Someone who was born smart and did well enough through school, but then stopped applying themselves, stopped reading, stopped bettering themselves, got took to drugs and alcohol, hung out with the wrong people, just fell down a bad track. Yes, there is. You can waste it. They could same with looks. You could be incredibly good looking and then stop taking care of yourself. Bad hygiene. You don't exercise. You don't brush your teeth. You don't wash your face. You know, just a lot of stuff there. And then your looks could go away. So yes, you have to maintain, you have to, there's a certain level of hard work has to be put in to maintain both things. But there are plenty of people who are just born incredibly smart, natural, they have smart parents, smart genetics, whatever. And there are people who are born incredibly good looking, same thing, genetics, right? Now you can take someone who's born with average intelligence, have them work hard, read a lot, whatever, apply themselves, and they can become intelligent. And that's why I think more people think of it that way. They think, well, anyone can become intelligent, but not anyone can become good looking. Eh, I don't know about that's true either. We've all seen people who, when they clean themselves up a little bit, you're like, okay, all right, you know. And then, yeah, there's some people whose nose is by their cheekbones. I don't know. You know what I mean? Like, I just don't think we should judge harshly one way or the other. Now, if you ask me this question another five years from now, I might have a different answer. But at present, Intelligence over looks, which one would I rather have? Right now, I'm taking looks. I'm taking looks because I feel like sometimes knowledge is a curse. The more you know, the more uh, you get upset and all that kind of other stuff. There's, there's a ignorance is bliss. We've all heard that before. So I just want to be a hot dummy. That's what I want to be. I want to be a, I want people to be like, I want to fuck that guy. Um, but I don't want him to get me pregnant because he's so stupid. Not that I could because I'm married and, you know, I don't do that. But people are going to be like, man, they're going to say to my wife, your husband is hot as fuck, super dumb, but it's just a dumb, hot guy. She's going to be like, yeah, he's my dumb, hot guy. It's great, right? That's that's where I'm at right now. A couple weeks from now, might have a different answer for you. <coughs> All right, so next question. What was your most embarrassing moment in grade school? Huh. What was my most embarrassing moment in grade school? That's a hard one to figure out. Um... I'm sure. I don't know. Well, I fainted during um, family life. Family life is when they taught you about like health class stuff, you know, some sex ed stuff. But it wasn't anything sex related that made me faint. I fainted. Uh, the teacher started talking about how men could get breast cancer, too. And for whatever reason, I just got real like queasy about it. Where I'm like, oh, man, I could get boob cancer. Uh, I remember that's what my brain thinking. I called it boob cancer. Almost makes it cute, even though it's still horrible. Obviously, I'm not trying to you know, uh, make light of such a horrible thing. Uh, but I remember just feeling really, ugh, and then it was my turn to read. I don't know why you, you think teachers never look at the person. This is a message to teachers everywhere. Before you pick out a kid to read in class, take a look at that kid, take a look at how they're situated. You know, I'm speaking from a boy's point of view, girls, women, whatever, you could probably say, you probably have something similar where it's like, don't call on me right now. Can't you tell? Um, but with boys, it was always like, I remember in that moment, the teacher being like, Hey, can you read this next chapter being like, can you not see, I am not doing well over here. All right. I'm doing, I'm, I'm about to faint. You're talking about some gross shit. I'm getting real queasy over here. Just next kid. And then they'd always be like, Oh, anytime teachers must have radars. Some of, some of you teachers out there are a little sick in the head. I feel like you must've known, right. If anytime a fourth grade boy 
is shifting around in his seat, that is not the time in which you go, hey, go walk up to the blackboard and let's do some math right now. That You're a fucking idiot. Did no one teach them that? There should be a class for teachers before they get their teaching certificate. Hey, if you're teaching grade school, from this age to this age, kids get boners all day. All day, these little boys are getting their boners, and they don't know why. They don't know why at all, right? They might have figured out long division and been like, damn, hell yeah, all right, cool. Now I know remainders. This is awesome. Why is my dick hard? Why did that make my penis get big? Son of a bitch. And then the teacher's going to be like, why don't you go up to the blackboard and show everyone what you just learned? And then you're like, all right, well, now i got to reach in my pants real quick, do a little tuck under. Everyone sees that. No one's ever done that slyly. As a guy, guys, listen to me. I know we've all thought we've had moments where like, no, I did that. I did the tuck flip. They, they never noticed. They've Everyone's noticed. Everyone's noticed. There's certain things in life that you, we, in the moment, we have to tell ourselves that nobody notices I have a boner and I just hid my boner wonderfully, wonderfully. No, they've all, they all get it, right? But I don't understand how these teachers don't see us being like, um, um, because anytime you hesitate, teachers get even more mad. They go, what, you not do the homework? Get up there. Stand in front of everybody. Why? Like, dude, I'm 11, okay? Right? I'm, I clearly have a boner right now. Why are you doing this to me? Can't you yell at me in a different way? Can I sit here hiding my boner under my desk? For the love of God, perverted teachers, they must know. They must know. And they must want to embarrass even more. Because we reminded us of boys that were mean to them when they were kids or something. I don't know. All of us. Because they, they, they got us all. There's not one kid that wasn't, there's not one boy, not one boy who was in fourth to fifth grade that was not humiliated at one point because a teacher asked him to do some fucking math problem. And we got a boner sticking us out through our official CPS, Chicago Public School sweatpants. All right, enough of that. <coughs> Excuse me. Uh, have you ever thrown someone an extravagant party? No, I'm not. I'm not a party thrower. What is the weirdest thing you have ever eaten? Um... Some kind of seafood, I'm sure. I had marlin, I had shark. Um, that's a dumb question. Out of the four seasons, what's your favorite one? Summer. I'm a summer guy, even though I get sunburned very easily. The days are longer, the nights are cool. Not like cold, but like you know, you can wear jeans at night and get a nice breeze going. Way more to do. Everyone's more excited. Yeah, summer's the best. What is the most absurd thing you've ever been tricked into doing or believing? When I was a young child, I thought. Cats really did have nine lives. I, I believe that. And then I, I spread that lie all around. I told someone I had a cat and it's got five more lives left. I said it's died four times, but it's got five more. I, I really believe that. I was, I, and I remember when I found out the truth, wow, was I pissed off. That was That's the most absurd thing I ever believed in. Because I was like, what the fuck? Really? They don't have nine lives? And then I remember thinking, like, why the fuck did I believe that in the first place? Why, how could I think in more than one life? Jesus, what's the most, uh, what is something that's true that nobody agrees with you on? Something that's true that nobody agrees with me on. I mean, my God, pick the time and day. And I've had, a, I could have an example of this. <coughs> um, what is something that's true that nobody agrees with you on? I don't know. I'm pretty persuasive. I feel like if it's true and I can prove it's true, they're going to agree with me. See, that's actually a bad question too. Where were you wrote? Re okay. Let me start this question again. Here's a good question. Where would you relocate if you were forced to leave the country? Um, I'm telling you right now, it's either Ireland or Scotland. One of those two. Um, anywhere in the UK. I could see myself living in uh, Manchester. Hell yeah, go city. Come on, city. Um, 
you know, I could see any part of anywhere in that part of the world. Uh, I'd have to choose English speaking. Just Australia would be great. Um, Canada is very close. If I had to get kicked out of America, you know, the closest part of Canada is about a four hour drive from here, four and a half. Um, so yeah, I think, but if I had to go number one, I think Ireland would just make sense for me, given that I know that culture well. Um, but I'll tell you, Edinburgh, Scotland, man, that, that might be, that might be number one right now. That's, that's tough. Um, but yeah, anywhere in Ireland, Scotland, Wales, England, Australia, Canada, it had to be English speaking. Not that, you know, I could go visit other English speaking countries or I can, I could go, I, I, I love to go to Paris one day. I'd love to go to Germany, Switzerland, um, Spain and Portugal, Italy. So there's a lot of, um, Japan. Hell yeah. Love to go there. Uh, India. There's a million countries that don't speak English that I would love to go to. But as far as I have to relocate and live, you know, I would have to say one of the English speaking countries for sure. You know, I'm in my late thirties. If it was in my early twenties, maybe I'd be like, yeah, I could pick up a language in a couple of years. Let's go, let's go dance over here. All right. If you can meet anyone in the in this world today, who would you meet? If I can meet anyone in this world today, who would you meet? You know, I saw a clip of Larry David in it the other day. I really want to meet that guy. Larry David, um, star and creator of Curb Your Enthusiasm, co-creator of Seinfeld. That guy to me is the best sitcom writer of all time. And uh, just one of the funniest human beings of all time. So I would desperately like to meet Larry David. I just uh, love how that guy sees the world. And I see the world very similarly, actually. All right. What is the greatest risk you've ever taken? This will be the last question I answer. We're going to keep this podcast tight this week, about 25 minutes. Normally I do about 30, but the voice is a bit shot, as you guys can tell. I'm going to have to go with what is the greatest risk you've ever taken? This, all this, anything in comedy, quitting college to pursue comedy is the greatest risk I've ever taken. But looking back, was it a risk? Um, the greater risk would be not going for it. I know Bill Burr's got a speech about that where he's like, uh, um, you know, sleeping on the futon. That, there's no risk in that. There's the risk of being 40, never trying that. I agree with him. I agree with him 100%. And I think anybody who pursues something in the arts or something that's not, you know, a traditional career path. Uh, entrepreneurs probably have this too. You, uh, you eventually realize that there really wasn't a risk going down this path. Um, especially if you started with nothing, you know, I wasn't married with kids when I went into this, you know, again, I was young. I dropped out of college. I remember December was like my last college class. The following January or February, I enrolled in, uh, sketch writing classes and improv classes at uh, the second city here in Chicago, which is a pretty famous school for improv and sketch writing and all that. All these great Saturday night live alum have come out of there. It's very legendary. And, um, but I never had, I had never had any SNL aspirations. I loved Saturday night live when I was in grade school during like the Chris Farley, Adam Sandler years. So I would have been like third grade to sixth grade. And then after that, once I hit the age where I could be out on a Saturday night Maybe I'd come home, you know, obviously I wasn't out all hours when I was like in seventh or eighth grade, but when I got home, I'd probably play video games and fall asleep, or maybe I'd watch some of it. I remember watching some of the Will Ferrell when he, his class came through SNL, but I never, I, I really had no aspiration. No one, I, 
be one of those things where someone's like, do you want to be on it? If someone just offered it to me. I'd be like, yeah, I'll do it. But I never wanted to, I never had a plan to pursue it. It's, it's not on my vision board. Um, yeah. So I, I took those classes at second city and then during was it the first level or second level, second or third level, <clears throat> I then went through three levels of improv, maybe four levels of sketch writing before I stopped doing both to just focus on stand-up comedy. I want to say it was during my second level of uh, improv class. Shout out to Jim Zekas. I was right next to uh, Jim Zekas and this other dude's name was Walter. So Walter Pierre, he started talking about stand-up because he would do a little stand-up. And um, I was like, oh, stand-up would be cool. And Jim was a big stand-up fan. I thought I was a stand-up fan. Like, I'm like, I like stand-up, but these, I then once you start doing stand-up comedy, you meet people who are really stand-up fans. I started meeting other comedians at open mics, like my first couple months. You know, you're an open mic. You don't know shit. You're just trying to figure it out. But you start talking to people I'm waiting to go up. And I, they were like, this is my favorite album from this guy. What's your top five favorite comedy albums? I'm like, I don't even know I can name, name five comedy albums, let alone a top five. I guess the five I can name would be my top five. And they were like looking at me like, well, don't you like this? I'm like, yeah, I do. It's what I'm trying to do it. But I liked in the sense that when I'd be watching Conan on a Thursday night and a comedian came out, I'd be like, oh, good, a comedian. And I'd watch and be like, oh, yeah, he was pretty funny or she was pretty funny. But I didn't think to myself that like I could dig into this and and buy the albums and buy the this. And I, I don't know. I just didn't know there was that world. I would watch the specials, uh, half hour specials often that came on Comedy Central. And I was into those, but not into them the way these guys were. Like these were fanatics. I was just someone who's like, I like stand-up comedy. It's, I think it's funny. And I think it's something I could do. Um, and then I got hooked. <coughs> Excuse me. Sorry, I keep coughing in the mic. That's bad, guys. That's stand-up comedy 101. Do not cough in the mic. People don't find that funny. They're not going to laugh. They're going to be like, this motherfucker's sick. Um, I do need something to drink. I have anything to drink in a while. But uh, <coughs> I hope you like me asking myself questions as a change of pace for the podcast. Um, I have no news for you guys at all. I did have a meeting yesterday about the special, um, but no news as a release date or anything as of yet. Uh, with that, um, other than that, I do have some news. Anyone listening in uh, Minneapolis area, area, if you're in the Twin Cities, I'll be opening for my guy Steve Byrne next weekend, October 19th through 21st at the House of Comedy, which is a comedy club at the Mall of America. Um, which is technically in Bloomington, Minnesota, just outside of Minneapolis. So again, if you are in the Twin Cities area, come on out to the House of Comedy at the Mall of America, October 19th through 21st, Thursday through Saturday, five shows. And then in a, two weeks after that, November 2nd through 5th, I will be at the St. Louis Funny Bone in Westport in like the mall area there in Maryland Heights, Missouri, which is technically just outside of St. Louis, another suburb. They put a lot of these kind of clubs in suburbs. You know why? Ample parking, ample parking. People like to park. All right. That's been the podcast for this week. Uh, check out the Patreon when you get a chance. Uh, you guys are the best as always. Thanks for listening to the Joe Kilgallen podcast. Cheers. <laughs>